check, check. Mic check. Show presented by Empire on PulpMX.com, taking your calls and looking ahead to the races with your host, Steve Mathis. Yeah, Fly Racing Moto 60 Show, Thursday, March 13, 2014, presented by NFAB. Thanks for listening. We were off last week. I was down in Florida. We're back this week, though. Lots to talk about. For the first time in years, Supercross season going back to Detroit. Very exciting. Going up in the stands, too, as a tip of the visor to the old school uh, Pontiac races. Uh, they're going up in the stands in Detroit. I don't know if that's an indication that it's going, they want to go back to uh, old school Pontiac, or if it's an indication that he just don't, didn't have enough tickets to sell, and so they just decided to go up there. Either way, looking forward to having you guys tonight, to, uh, to this afternoon, to talk about Detroit, talk about Daytona, uh, really talk about anything in, in regards to the 2014 Monster Energy Supercross Series. Fly Racing designs its race for to complement a rider's natural movements on the motorcycle. No unnecessary distractions, straightforward, no-nonsense function, fit, and style. Fly Racing products distributed exclusively in the USA by Western Power Sports, and of course, NFAB. Chances are you're listening to this, you have a Jeep, a truck, or an SUV. Uh, uh, and at the track or on the trail, the hottest-looking, hardest-working accessories are NFAB. Step systems, light-mounting solutions, bumpers, and Jeep gear. NFAB's got it all. They're proudly handcrafted in Houston, Texas, and uh, stuff is top-notch. And a uh, proud associate sponsor of the JGR Yamaha team with Nicoletti, Brayton, and Grant. To learn more about the NFAB products, visit n fab dot com jason wygant joining us from racer x here shortly to talk about the series as well jeff emig at some point we'll get fro in to uh fox sports one uh color analyst jeff emig to uh talk about what he thinks uh what's been going on and what's happening in the future and everything else two tickets we're going to give away two tickets today during this hour to detroit courtesy of nfab so if you want a couple tickets to detroit um yeah let us know and uh Fly Racing, uh, Spark T, Gentleman's Belt, Podium Hat. You're getting all three things to, uh, you know, spring is here, so you got to look stylish. And we're going to award a random caller, the Fly Racing Looking Good Prize Pack. So, uh, yeah, just like I said, anybody that, uh, that really wants to, uh, to look good from Fly Racing, they make much more than gear and helmets and casual wear, you know. Um, well, they make casual wear. They produce a range of bike stands, loading ramps, tie-downs, handlebars, grips, levers, and more. Thanks, everybody, for listening. So, RV just dominated. Uh, well, actually, hey, first, uh, I'm Steve Mathis, of course, as usual, uh, producing the show, handling things behind the scenes, taking the calls. The Tits Legendary Tits, what's up? I missed you on my week off. Yeah, I bet you really missed it. I did. I, 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 I know your passion for doing these coming sh- over. And, the passion yeah. for doing these shows for you runs high. Having your dogs bark at me and the whole deal. Yeah. Yeah, you're lucky one of these days. Rocky doesn't tear you limb to limb. Yeah. Uh, Daytona. Good for Ryan Dungey or bad for Ryan Dungey? Uh, I'm not. I live saying, for I'm your. I live good. for your analysis. I, know, I live I know. for it. I know. I'm not saying good. He he should have passed Dino sooner, and then he get passed by Roxanne. And he wouldn't get passed by Roxanne. You know, it's um, a two's definitely better than a three, obviously. But uh, it was just his writing in general. I don't think I don't think you should be happy with that race. I wasn't. Okay. All right. Just checking. Yep. Uh, Jason Wygant, Jeff Emmick, coming up on a Fly Racing Moto 60 show. We already got your calls. Uh, let's go into them, and uh, we'll talk a little bit about uh, some stuff going on this weekend, uh, some silly season stuff and stuff going on this weekend, but uh, we don't want to put, let you uh, stay on hold for too much longer. Reagan, what's up, man? What's going on, guys? Thanks for calling. What's happening? Hey, man, I got a question about uh, Chad Reed's future as a team owner. Yeah. Um, do you think that he will remain a team owner once he retires? Because we all know that's coming sooner or later. 
And if so, what's the purpose? I mean, I like Mitch has a purpose in being a team owner that he sells products for dirt bikes. Right. You know, dad doesn't really produce anything. So well, does he have a reason to remain a team owner and keep like Dean Wilson or something like that as a rider? Well, RCH doesn't produce anything either. You know, um, sure. uh, Moto Concepts makes hot tub parts, but I, you know, I'd, I'd like to wonder about the crossover with that. There's money to be made, Reagan, to own a team. Like you can make that as your living. I don't know if you can do it right off the hop if you're Chad Reed, but certainly it's a viable business model for a high profile guy. Of course, some sure. team team owners are probably listening to this and going, "Yeah, right. I just lose money left and right," and I'm sure they do. But when you're RCH, when you're Chad Reed, you have a little bit of a step up on everybody. And, yeah, I mean, you, you do it to make some money, you know. And I think – and but that's not the only reason he's doing it. They're not the main reason. The main reason he wants to stay involved and enjoys, you know, doing something. Look, look, face it, he's going to be 30 – when he hangs it up, he'll be 32 years old or whatever. What's he going to do? You know what I mean? Right. So, yeah, I think he just really loves it, enjoys it, and I think you can make some money. Cool. So, all right. Thanks, man. All right. Thanks, man. Fly Racing Moto 60 Show presented by NFAB. Ed, what's happening? Hey, what's going on, guys? Ed, you have a theory on Moto Concepts and Michael Essie. Yeah, with them uh, going to Canada for outdoors. Mm-hmm. And I think it's because they know the uh, the drug ring uh, thing is going down this summer, and they're leaving town before they can get hit with yeah. sanctions and uh, maybe not get uh, you know extradited back to the United States after that. It's up to that. Not a bad theory, Ed. Uh, you know what? I, I don't think they're going to Canada now. I hear from people close to there that they've decided to not do that. Um, well, there goes that idea. Yeah, right, really, right. I, I mean, I can't believe they were going to go anyways. It's, that's ridiculous that they were even thinking <laughs> of going. But, you know, um, I talked to one person that said the sanctions from Washugo, as far as Tony Alessi, are still in place. I talked to another person that says, no, no, they're not in place. He's off suspension, and, he can, and they can show up at Glen Helen. So I really don't okay. know. But, uh, yeah, I mean, there is, a, there, is a, we'll see. there is a drug <laughs> ring in MX Sports, and Davey Coombs is beating up your kid. <laughs> and uh, real quick, my wife and I were signed up for the uh, BTO Fan Experience in Toronto. We're looking forward to that. It's going to be our first Supercross race. We're uh, oh. using more of a uh, motocross fans. So we'll, uh, we'll check you out there. Yeah, that'll be good. I'm sure I'll meet you. I'll be around there. Toronto's not a great race for pit access. Like, you'll get to go in there, you know what I mean? But it won't be the full, full experience. Pretty cold. You guys got a lot of snow there. So uh, Yeah, we're you we're know. from Pennsylvania, so we're going to hit uh, uh, the New York Supercross as well, but uh, not doing the experience for that. Yeah, so. I think you'll enjoy it, for sure. All right, Ed. Yeah, well, fun. Thanks, man. Thanks. All right, that's, uh, that's Ed calling in um, for um, – um, tell us about his, his theory. It's, uh, it's an interesting theory. Craig. How's it going? Craig, you want the Detroit tickets, right? I do. Unfortunately for you, so does Mark. Hey, Mark. You guys both want the Detroit tickets. Do you know each other so we can give you one each? I do not know one, one each. Yeah. So you, you both want the pair. Yeah, well, I got a Wygant story about my tickets. Okay. Why I don't have them. Okay. Um, I had them all ready to order. My brother-in-law pulled a Wygant and told me they were too expensive, so I didn't order them. Your brother, yeah, that sounds like a Wygant thing for sure. Let's do a little trivia. Let's do a little battle here, all right? Uh, all right. So, uh, Craig, you're on three. Mark, you're on line four, okay? So uh, just uh, just say your name. And um, welcome to the show, Jason Wygant, by the way. Um, oh, hey. Craig and Mark are battling for Detroit tickets. Okay. So um, we just need you guys to shout out who has the correct answer, and that guy will win. Are you guys ready? Tits, you can break the draw. You can listen for their names. Got it. All right. What racetrack did Jason Wygant used to flag at? Craig. Craig. All right. Craig. Craig won. Craig, what? Uh, what track was it? English Town. Yes. Congratulations, nice. Craig. You win the Detroit tickets. Mark, I'm really sorry. You need to brush up on your uh, Jason Wygant uh, trivia. Good job, Craig. All right. See you, Mark. Uh, Craig, stay on the line unless you got a question. Um, that'll be it. All right, stay on the line, and Tits will get your information. All right, good times. Thanks to NFAB for those tickets to Detroit for this weekend. Uh, Mark did say, Wygant, that he was all ready to order them, and his brother-in-law said they were too expensive in what he called a Wygant move. Yeah, I hate to endorse people not buying tickets to go to races, but I have to endorse anyone not 
spending money, so I'm very torn. <laughs> right, right, exactly. Yeah. Hey, welcome to the Fly Racing Moto 60 show, presented by NFAB. All right, give me, give me some reasons, just a couple, on why this championship, 450 Supercross Championship, is not over. Tell me, tell me what can happen. Why couldn't you have just had me on the show before Daytona, and I could have made it really easy? Right, right, uh, right. We were all rolling, running the mulligan theory, which is simply that Villapoto's points lead was directly due to uh, an Anaheim 1 crash by Stewart, an Anaheim crash by um, Dungey, and an Indy crash by Roxon. If you took those three out, mm-hmm. it would almost be a four-way tie in points. He had basically been right there, but not significantly better than them points-wise in all the other races. But now that he laid a whooping on them in Daytona, and I hate to say this, non-Villapoto fans, you know who I'm talking about out there, Tony Blazer, but second half of the year he always seems to get better. So now it's going to be a tough argument. So I'll just say, hey, anything can happen. It's racing, right? Yep. So that's, that's going to be your reason. Anything can happen. Well, obviously it can. I mean, he tore his ACL after winning the title yeah. you know, a couple years ago, or, or that crazy St. Louis crash, although I feel like since he's gotten in better shape since that 2010 season, that type of stuff doesn't happen as much. But, yeah. you know, you're always one mistake away from – I mean, just imagine, just imagine if suddenly he was out. And you had Rocks and Dungeon Stew actually uh, fairly close in points. It would be ridiculous. Very exciting. Yeah, I know. Very exciting. Yeah. Uh, no, there's no doubt about it. Hey, did you – so Supercross going back to Detroit, going back to Motown uh, this weekend. Did you ever go to the Pontiac one? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Time. All right. Oh, yeah, don't worry. Um, as a matter of fact, um, I'll reveal this now because I don't work for it anymore. When we did the webcast, the closest I've ever come in my broadcasting career to not being able to go was in Pontiac – I don't know, 05, 06, or something like that. Okay. Uh, there was one year in Pontiac where it was 6.30 for a webcast that started at 7, and I was still so hungover. I was still throwing up. <laughs> and finally at 6.30, I was like, okay, I can do this. It all, within one half hour of the show, I was still throwing up from the previous night out. Uh, big Buck got you. Precisely. The yeah, Big Buck. The Big yep. Buck. It guts everyone at one point or another. Um, yeah. yeah, I agree. Um Okay. Those are those are hardier days on the tour as far as who you'd see out and riders. I mean, this, nowadays you can you can tell it too. There's not a lot going on besides going to the race. No, nowadays. No. Well, I'm sure Chad is bringing it back old school now that he's injured. But you know, I don't <laughs> the know. Tour. Yeah, the bring bringing back the, the 2008 tour. Um, but uh, no, so yeah, Pontiac going into the stands this week. Uh, I think that's cool. Good job by Fell to do that. It's kind of neat. I'm kind of bummed, actually, the way this uh, Detroit race has turned out. I think a lot of people are, are, are literally scared of Detroit. Uh, I mean, Pontiac was one of the biggest races of the year as it far was. as the crowd goes. Yeah. And then there a couple of attempts at Ford Field were pretty bad. Um, and I'm kind of bummed about that because I think if people were to go, they'd realize, oh, where the stadium is is fine. Like, it's totally, completely fine. If you were like, well, I like going to Pontiac, but I don't feel safe going to Detroit, there's really nothing to worry about. Just don't run out of gas or get a flat tire on your way to the stadium. Mm -hmm. But once you get to the stadium, that area and the blocks around it are fine. Pontiac, yeah, back in the day, MC days, late 90s when he was on top of the world, Pontiac, St. Louis, Indianapolis, Minneapolis, they loved themselves the king. They lost their minds when the king um, inevitably took the lead early and, and start checking out, and soon it was knack-knack time. Well, you made a really good point uh, weeks ago when we yes, had that I did. Uh, yes, 40th I did. anniversary race. Yes, I did. You said, you know, if you had a retro race at a place like Pontiac, or, or I guess Michigan in general, the fans there get it. They are hardcore motocross people. They're not, ah, there's something cool going on Saturday night. Let's yeah. go check it out. I mean, those were knowledgeable people, and hopefully some of them come to Detroit. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, the attendance in previous Detroit's, a little bit disappointing. Beautiful stadium, though. Like, incredible stadium, uh, Ford Field. Yeah, I put it right up there. You know, obviously, the, the the one in Arlington gets all the hype, but I'll put it right up there with anything. It's it, You cannot go to Ford Field and think you can do much better than that. Yeah. Um, and I went there, another drunk story, here you go. Uh, 2008, I turned 30 that night, and uh, my then-girlfriend, now-wife, came, and uh, I mean, we were literally out all night just walking from place to place, and at no point, yeah. maybe because I was hammered, but I think for the most part, <laughs> I, I, it didn't seem scary at all. I'm like, here we are just walking the streets of Detroit at 3 a.m., no problem. They did have, uh, yeah, they got a bunch of casinos down there, too. It's not bad. I've had some fun in those before. Yeah, 
Yeah, exactly. So this this should be good. And I think the dirt. Uh, our man Aaron Hansel did a little research. I guess it's literally still the same dirt they had six years ago. Oh, really? Oh, geez. yeah, with a few oh. whatever, a little bit extra added or something. But yeah, it was always pretty good. Yeah, in those, in yeah. Those places. Um, yeah. All right, uh, let's touch on 250 class a little bit because um, that thing's still exciting. Baggett wins Daytona, and I mean, just crushes him. Great ride by him. And uh, you know, you're now Blake Baggett savant, Jason Wygant. You you you're in his head. Um, does he does he does he can he win this weekend? I mean, so far Davalos and Cian Cirillo have had him covered. Is this a turning point at all? You didn't weigh in on Racer X Online on this. What do you think? Um, see, I think first of all, it's unfair to say they had him covered. If you really look at the no, race, I mean, they Dallas, had him covered. No, they did. How, okay, how did they have him covered in Dallas? Davalos crashed it twice. Like the ninth lap where he passed Cincerello? Yeah, and then Cincerello pulled away, and Davalos crashed twice and still got third. So Baggett still finished ahead of him. And then we all said, all right, well, Baggett admitted he got tired of the ninth lap. He was hurt coming in. Let's see if he can figure that out. Uh, and then the next two races, he started like last both times. So I don't – I'm not saying that give him a whole shot in Indy or Atlanta, he's going to win. But I'm mm. saying we don't really know. So – can he win? Uh, y- uh, yes, he absolutely can. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like he was. Um, I don't even. I don't really know if he was worse than them in the other races. We right. had no way to find out. So yeah, he can. Okay. But but Baggett's deal, he can totally dominate one weekend and suck the next. That's always been his deal. It wouldn't surprise me at all. I don't know what the. I mean, <laughs> go back and watch some footage of the Nationals in 2011. He goes like one one at Redbud and passed 15 dudes, and the next week just goes six six. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a weird. I was thinking about the Nationals um, the, uh, yesterday a little bit and how we're set up for really probably another pro circuit domination. You know, they wrote Mitch off, but I mean, between Dean Wilson, Cincerillo, and Baggett, uh, wow. I, do you have anybody beating them? I mean, Mar- Martin maybe if he can pull if he can pull pull it out and figure out what's going on. I don't see the I don't see the Geico guys getting in there outdoors. I don't see. Ooh. Ooh, Zacky Poo. Well, you're going to say this. Ow. I think those guys got him beat right now. Uh, the only other guy I think you really got to think about is uh, is uh, Moose Can. But um, we'll see. But, yeah, I, yeah, it's not like I could take Moose Can and say, oh, he's going to wipe the floor with Wilson and Baggett. I mean, at the very least, he might be. Or at the very best, he's in there with him. But yeah. I don't think he's ahead. Yeah. Yeah. No, maybe so. Uh, getting back to uh, Supercross, Cincerello and Davalos, what do you see – I, they're 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 so close right now. I think Davalos. I mean, even Adam admits Davalos has speed over him. Cincerello seems to be in killer shape, and obviously he's on the Alden Baker program. What do you see as the differences between them? Uh, this is just hilarious every time we say it, even though it's been said a lot and it's been proven to be true. The difference is the rider who has never raced Supercross in his life seems better at. Uh, managing the situation than the rider who's raced it for almost a decade. <laughs> right, right. Does that make any sense? Cincerillo is able to take um, hamburger and turn it into steak, and Davalos is able to take steak and turn it into hamburger. I like the food uh, references. It's good. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Sure, yeah. sure you'd like to, to test that, um, yeah. but, you know, literally. Uh, and it's not like for Davalos it's better than usual. Um, you know, he's not winning the heat and then going nowhere in the main. I mean, he's still getting on the podium. Mm-hmm. But that's the difference in eight points right there, just those little mistakes. He's been the faster guy pretty much at every race, yet he's behind in points. So it shows that Cincerillo is maximizing things, managing things. He's dealt with some some adversity for sure. Oh, like absolutely. Been, yeah. Yeah, it hasn't been perfect. You know, I remember when Kennard won the first three races he was ever in yeah. in 2008. But I think he pulled whole shots in every heat, every main, and he were just like, okay, we're going to have to see what happens when that doesn't happen. And he right. survived fine, and he won the title. But with Cincerillo, you've already seen it. And you're like, well. Yeah, yeah. Crashed out, seen- at, crashed out at Dallas, had to go to the LCQ. Uh, Daytona motor blows up. He gets a bad gate pick on a, on a start that is dependent on gate pick. Um, yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, he's just making it happen. So I don't even feel like you can say, Oh, we'll just wait till the kid has to deal with this or that. He kind of already has shown right. um, that he can. So somehow the rookie is the more reliable choice. And by the way, that includes Baggett, who, like we said, can dominate and then be terrible the next weekend. And even he doesn't know why sometimes. 
702-586-7857. Call in the Fly Racing Moto 60 show presented by NFAB. RacerX Online is Jason Wygant on breaking down uh, the upcoming race in Detroit. Uh, Jeremy Martin, have you spoken to him at all this year? No, no, I haven't. Uh, I keep blowing it. I didn't go to Indy, as you know, and then uh, I was trying to be in the right place at the right time at uh, Daytona, including at the end of the night. Chase Stallow and I, I think, hung out outside the star rig for like a half hour waiting for him to emerge, and it just never happened. I don't know what was going on, um, then or in general. Yeah, I was going to say, right. Um, yeah, yeah. They knew, you know, he's in that B practice in Daytona, and yeah. they knew that was going to be their chance. And he did go out and pin it. He did lay down the fast lap early when the track was smooth, and it still didn't hold up. So they've thought of all the options. They know what they need to do, mm-hmm. and they're not able to do it. Yeah, it's been it's been it's been a bad season. Um, I, yeah, I don't know what's going on. It's it's uh, I don't know. If it, you know, I mean, obviously he's young, so you know this was his second year. Maybe he felt like he had earned a certain uh, place, no matter what he did, and maybe he slacked off. You know, it's it's an old story, but there's still tons of talent there, and you know, I'm sure he'll he'll write if if this year goes crappy, he still has another chance next year to you know, to prove that he's got what it's what what it takes. But it, the drop-off is bizarre. The drop-off is bizarre. I think the only thing you'd have to worry about at all is if you started hearing that this was a byproduct of, you know, some crazy personal issues like he's just been partying his ass off, yeah. you know, all week, um, then you'd be worried. That's when the, Once that starts happening, the dudes don't usually come back for that. But if they're doing all the right things, it almost always averages out. And eventually they're fine. Mm-hmm. So, and I haven't heard any of the bad stuff. So, yeah. I think overall it'll average out, and he'll be fine. CJ, what's going on? Thanks for calling the show. How's it going, guys? Good. Uh, Long time listener, first time caller. Oh, congratulations! <laughs> Thank you. Hey, I was just wondering if you guys uh, thought Villapoto would come out in a Lions jersey uh, this weekend for opening ceremony. Yeah, uh, I hope he doesn't. I hope he doesn't. I mean, I've told him that that's super lame. And he shouldn't do that, and he's told me to shut the f up. So really, yeah, so it's, his, it's his decision then, huh? Well, I think they come to him, the promoters, okay. and they say, "Here's a jersey. Will you wear this?" And he just goes, "Yeah, sure, whatever." I mean, he's not a Seahawks fan. I asked him to name three Seahawks, and all he got was Marshawn Lynch. So you know, he's not really a Seahawks fan. So I guess you just do that. Why well, again? I don't like it. I don't like pandering to the hometown crowd. I don't like it. Yeah, in wrestling, they call it cheap heat. <laughs> and uh, of course, you have a wrestling. Yeah, of course, yeah. a wrestling term. Right. And you'd think I'd be partial to anything with the word "cheap" in it, but it's cheap for a reason. It's basically saying you're getting a cheer that you do not deserve. Now, but there's maybe a few guys that do it, and it is legitimately the team they like, or where they're from. Yeah, no, I got that like absolutely. That. I would. I mean, if yeah. I if I went to Toronto and I was a rider, I'd be wearing a Maple Leafs jersey. You know, and and that's what what who I cheer for. Um, yeah. But I, I just think, I mean, whatever, I guess, what do we know? I mean, we, we're jaded. We go there every week, so, you know, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, you can't deny that the fans do react to it. Um, but but uh, how about the Lions? Hey, CJ. Yeah. yeah. You want the all-time bad jersey-wearing experience. Michael Lessie showed, lands in Chicago for Red Bull, yeah. drives to drives Chicago, figures he's maybe still in Chicago? Not really sure. But where's a Blackhawks jersey on the parade lap at Redbud, Michigan? Yeah, I was I was there for that. I okay. love that one. Yeah, Mike, uh, not you. Yes, you landed in Chicago, but you were driving to another state. So, I mean, he was just just across the pond. So I mean, it wasn't that big of a deal, I guess. Uh, I loved it. I'm like, oh, just just face palm. So thanks. <laughs> what did the Detroit Red Wings fans think of the uh, Blackhawks? Yeah, they don't like them. Not at all. Exactly. Uh, Steve has something to say about Jeremy Martin. Steve, what's up? Thanks for calling the show. What's your uh, statement about Jeremy Martin? Um, yeah, well, what's, I mean, obviously you guys are just talking about what is his deal. Does anybody know if he's injured, if he's suffering from sickness? or? Well, I no, mean, Weege, Weege said he's partying. Partying, is that what I said? <laughs> no, no. Yeah. Well, where at? Then I'm right there with him. No, we don't know. I mean, Wagan hasn't talked to him this year at all. I mean, I know his mechanic really well. His yeah. mechanic um, is from Morgantown, and we used to go riding all of us at the racetrack office, and we know him pretty well. And it's weird because every week they have a theory, or he has a theory as to why this is going to be the week they're going to get on track. You know, it's not like they're like, okay, he's actually riding with a torn ACL. This is hopeless. 
or <laughs> they think every week is the week where it will turn around, which to me indicates they don't think anything is wrong. Like, he should be fine. Yeah. yeah. He looked good in the main event. I thought he seemed like he was coming back. Uh, yeah, he came from, towards the front a yeah, little bit. He got pushed off early in the main, and, yeah, he worked pretty hard to get back up. So, maybe yeah. – I mean, he podiumed there last year, so obviously he likes Daytona and likes how, how it works and – and all that, but yeah, Steve, don't really know. It's a mystery for sure. All right. One more question. Sure. If Marvin Muscan wasn't injured, where do you guys think he would be? East Coast. Uh, why do you think Wygant? Uh, I think he could be the points leader in the East. I really do. Um, because, like I said, going into this thing, every East rider has pros and cons, but he's pretty strong across the board. Mm-hmm. I mean, we know Baggett's had his problems in Supercross. Davalos has had his problems in Supercross. Sincerlo is a rookie. Uh, Muscan is seasoned. He obviously rides it well. He came darn close to the title last year. Um, you know, the team's good, all that stuff. I, I would have made him the favorite uh, if he was racing. That's a really good question, actually. He's going to be a forgotten guy. But, people, Yeah, people forget about uh, him, no doubt. He's better at Supercross than he is outdoors, and he's pretty good outdoors. So, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Steve. You know what the strange thing is, though, about all this? What? Because of, because of the pointing out roles, um, having a bad season or missing a whole season – um, is often awesome yeah. for a rider. Yeah, I mean, Davalos, if he wins this, he is out. And if he just comes up a bit short, he'll get another ride. Well, somebody. we'd have to look. Um, it, it dep- then it goes to how many points you've scored. And it's actually pretty hard to score that no, many points. No, it's 125 points, I think, for nine races. And Davalos finished fifth in the points last year. And so, didn't get that many? I, I doubt he got that many. You know, looking That's what I'm saying. You yeah. have to be, pr- like, pretty, like, really up there. You have to almost podium every round, I think, or something like that. I Honestly, I would I would kick him out if I was the AMA. Just make a rule? Yeah, rule? I'd be like, uh, we're going to call it the Martin Davalos rule. And uh, you've been in here for nine years. And it's time. It's time. I'm really sorry. It's time. Um you know, just and I would do the same thing with Ryan Morris or Nathan Ramsey back in the day or whatever. John Dowd well, dropping down at thirty two years old. I was gonna do the key words are dropping down. Ramsey and Dowd were out of the class. Yeah. One races in the big class and dropped down. Langston. Just, Lang- yeah, Langston. Well he, yeah. he he didn't ride the big class too much, but yeah, drop dropped down. Right. Winning a race and then dropping down is crazy. And I'm gonna throw one more thing out there. There are advocates of, you know, guys that hate when riders get forced up because they, you know, it either there's always just theory over, but some riders are just better 250 riders. They should be able to make a living doing that. But our better 250 riders thing, or 125s back in the day, mm-hmm. is just based on us being idiots and saying, well, he's small. He's small. He won't be good on a big bike. Yeah. Um, Ryan Villapoto is probably one of the smallest guys out there in either class. Yeah. Lowe is taller than him right now, isn't he? Yeah. yeah. He already is. Yeah. He can't weigh. He can't weigh less because you can't get much skinnier than Villapoto. Yeah. So, no problem there. Will Hahn, has Will Hahn had a problem on a 450 this year? No. He's been good. There's very little. I guarantee you when Blake Baggett goes to the negotiation table next year, people are going to say, oh, he's too small. He's too small. He can't ride a 450. You've got to be big. Yeah, Ryan Villapoto, a monster, a giant amongst men. (laughs) Yeah, good point. Ricky Carmichael, huge. James Stewart, all six-footers. Yeah, yeah, just huge human beings. You're right. It doesn't matter. It's, it's all riding style and technique, and we're just idiots. It's, it's about as smart as we are when it rains, and then we start thinking about, well, what states get a lot of rain? He'll be no, good in mud. It's about as smart as me going to the first U.S. Open and laying 100 bucks on Antones because it's Arena Cross. Because <laughs> it's Arena Cross. He's got McGrath covered. You know? <laughs> what was I thinking? Like, it's, these are the most rudimentary ways to right, figure stuff out. Right, right. I want my 100 bucks back, bud, man. Right. Um, let's take a couple more calls. Luke, what's up, man? Hey, how's it going? Good. Hey, thanks for calling the Fly Racing Moto 60 show. Hey, I was just wondering, uh, what do you think the chances are if Roxon stays on KTM that he rides a new Husky next year? Uh, not very good. Um, he's, not very good. No, I, I, from what I understand, the new Huskies next year will be the old KTMs this year. So a KTM okay. in 2014 is going to be a 2015 Husky. And KTM is coming out with a with a pretty new bike in 2015. That is what I okay. what I've led to believe. So I think not that the new KTM's are bad or anything like that. But if you got a guy like Roxon, if he stays, which uh, Luke I don't think he is, but let's say he does and he does stay, 
they're going to want to put him on the, the marquee brand with the new motorcycle and all that. So um, there is going to be a Husky team from what I hear, though. So do you don't know anything okay. more about that, Weege? Well, what I think what's going to happen is if you – I don't know why we didn't realize this. There's quite a few factory-supported KTM teams out there right now. Um, they had BTO. They've added Rockstar. Um, so uh, suddenly, logically, you're like, oh, wait, there's teams just sitting there waiting to slap white plastic on bikes and be good. One team that is KTM right now is uh, saying that they are going to stay KTM, and the other team is saying we are staying KTM and they are, they are being Huskies. So both, oh, teams, really? both teams seem to think that they are staying orange and the other team is going to be white. So it should be interesting to see what happens. It just only makes sense if there's going to be a Husky team and there's already three KTM teams. There's not going to be a fourth team. Yeah. One of them is going to yeah. become a Husky team. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. Um, all right, thanks, Luke. Appreciate it, man. Does, does it really thanks, matter man. one way or the other? What do you mean? As far as, you know, the one one of them saying, hey, you know, the other guys are being Husqvarna in the end. It's no. the same bike, so it doesn't really matter. Well, no, KTM is supposed to be a new bike. Husky supposed to be the old KTM. That's so, the word on the street. So maybe they're going to put your guy, Dungy, on a, on a Husky. Can they get into the exemption rule and both run the works bikes that year? Yeah, maybe. Um, Jake, what's happening? Hey, what's going on, Steve? Thanks for calling. Yeah, hey, I just had a question about uh, Roxon. I read on speedweek.com uh, there was an article that said that he would may he may sign with RCH. Speedweek? What is speedweek.com? What is that? Uh, it's, it's, why are you it, reading I that? I don't know. I don't why, know what Why are is. you reading speedweek.com? <laughs> I read Pulp and Max, too. Oh, okay. Not Racerex, though, right? No, no, no Racerex. <laughs> yes, Weege. You hear that? <laughs> Good choice. Sorry, Weege. Good luck with your breaking news, Wygan, on that. Yeah, well, you could read observations on our website, and you could find all about uh, RCH and Roxon. Courtesy well, I haven't read it. <laughs> he only gives us the best. See, he's holding back for Pulp. We... We get the best out of him. It's coaching yeah, where, the group that surrounds him. Where are you going to read about who finishes just short of making the main events, as well as Adam Entenap's column? Where are you going to read that? Nowhere but Pulp MX. Okay, Jake, I, stop reading Speed World. We don't even know what that is. Stop reading it. But what, what? It was in German. I had to translate it on Google to even see what it said. So <laughs> You need to read Racer X. You need to read Racer X, Jake. Okay. It's a lot to read, though. It is a lot to read. We got a, probably too much stuff on the site. Anyway, Mathis, you have reported this the last two weeks about uh, Roxon, correct? Uh, yeah, I'm sure Speed World, Speed Week, whatever, probably took it from me. Anyways, what's up, Jake? All right, well, that that was pretty much all I was wanting to know. I mean, they were pretty much saying that he would be signing with them, is what they were saying. I just wanted to get y'all's take on it. Uh yeah, I think it's going to happen. I do. I think it's not going to be announced for a long time. In talking to some people in Roxon's camp, there are certain dates that have to pass for KTM to sort of let it happen and let it be announced. So I, I wouldn't hold your breath waiting for an announcement, but I do believe it's going to happen, absolutely. And uh, Jason, Jason Thomas and I have very, very different thoughts on this happening. And we are well, probably. What is, what, is, what is JT's take on We are probably going to get into a fist fight at some point about this. Um, JT thinks it's a great move. He thinks it's fantastic. And so, you don't. I, I, I mean, uh, he, the kid's winning now. It, it, I think, Wygant, I think this has to boil down to money, as, as, as everything does, right? Um, why would you not stay at KTM? If everything's the same, why would you not stay at KTM? Well, You're winning that's now. a big if to say if everything's the same. Yeah. I mean, it's not hard for someone to be like, oh, no, trust me, you get on this bike. Oh, man, it'll be so much better. But he's winning now. He could be winning more. <laughs> That's an easy argument to make. Easy. Right. You could be winning yep. more. You, you, want, you, want, you, want, you like these M&Ms? You want more M&Ms? That's, yeah. Exactly. I mean, right. he's winning. He's won two races, but maybe he would have won four yeah. if he was on a Suzuki. Yeah. So, anyways, Jake, like I said, don't hold your breath, but it, I think it's going to happen. Why can't you think it's going to happen, too? Everything you know and talk yeah, to, do. so yeah, I do. Uh, so yeah, Jake, uh, um, that's going to happen. And uh, stop reading Speed Week. <laughs> All right, we'll do. Thanks, Thanks. Guys. see ya. Thing I think you and I, Steve, and everyone are genuinely surprised that if it came to money, KTM would even let it get to that point. I mean, is there, like, is there more like, of a company that's just booming right now than KTM slash Red Bull? Right? Yeah. Now I think the big 
the big uh, factor here is that apparently I think he'd be able to bring Red Bull to RCH with him. Yes, yes. So now that huge amount of money comes into play, but it just seems weird. You know, this is RCH who was trying to get Tomac last year and certainly put, I think, a good package together as far as the bike and the team and and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. But as always, when you're dealing with the financial might of a factory that can essentially lose money on racing. Yeah. It just seems hard to beat them. I mean, we just had an interview with Mike Fisher, the old Kawasaki manager, for those that don't read Speed Weeks and read Racer X, like two weeks ago. <laughs> right. And he said, hey, he tried to come back and run private teams as a team manager, but he's like, it's hard to make it work. We have Kawasaki heavy industries if we have to overpay for bonuses. A private team will never have that. So in a spending war, it seems crazy to me. Yeah. Unless you're willing to lose money. I, I think the Gibbs team might be willing to lose money to win, but... This is a business for Kerry Hart and Ricky Carmichael. I don't see them, yep. you know, no. giving up a million dollars of their own money just to have Ken Roxon. I'm with you, but, yeah, yeah. it's happening. Um, all right, let's welcome on the show to banter with myself and Wygant, the Fly Racing Moto 60 show. Uh, he's got Supercross titles. He's got Motocross titles. He's the uh, color analyst for uh, Fox Sports 1 each and every week for the Supercross series. Jeff Emig, what's up? Just getting ready to uh, head to the airport and go to Detroit. Oh, you're going in a day early. I like it. I like the commitment. Yeah. Um, well, I've got a little bit of work to do, but yeah, yeah. I'm visiting uh, some dealers during the day tomorrow. Oh, uh, yes. Showing them the, the grip and the ODI products. So, yeah. Yeah, the ODI grip. Is that going well for you? Is everything, everything uh, feedback good and sales are good? Kicking ass. Oh, you hear that? Why can't we need to get grips like fro? I, I mean, just like having a white yeah, have you know, on one side Mathis on the other. Yeah, That'd be cool. Yeah, have our names in there. <laughs> I, I've always said it's a great stress buster to have Emig's name on your desk that you can just grind on. Emig, <laughs> <laughs> like those Chinese Chinese balls that you put in your hand. Right, stress relievers. Yeah. Uh, yeah well, so Jeff, we're going back to Pontiac or going to Detroit for, uh, for first time in, in a few years, and of course. Memories of Pontiac, uh, Wygan and I were just reminiscing. It was a great race. You did it many times. Going up into the stands uh, was pretty cool. Maybe the inside rut being down to plywood probably wasn't cool. But, again, Feld going back into the stands this weekend in Ford Field. What are your memories of racing Pontiac over the years? Well, it was just always so soft and rutted and rocky. You know, uh, the soil, the race course really, uh, you know, really um, uh, deteriorated. And I can't really remember ever having a great ride there. I mean, I never won there, but, uh, I mean, I didn't win a lot of Supercrosses, so that's no big uh, surprise. Um, but I do remember it just being so challenging because the course is constantly changing. Uh, and then, of course, the area of the track where they would uh, – the track would run up into the corner of the grandstand. Mm-hmm. It was literally, uh, you know, a 180-degree turn. And uh, – um, if I remember correctly, with the um, at uh, Supercross this year, before the last chance qualifiers, they run some footage of McGrath crashing at at Pontiac uh, in that same type of turn uh, and having to ride through the uh, the last chance qualifier to get mm-hmm. to the main. Yeah. And so they've got some really good footage. You know, if you attend Supercross. Then you see that, uh, and, you know, I imagine that that's probably available online somewhere too, but you, you see exactly the challenges that come with running up into the grandstands and then making, uh, you know, a sharp turn and coming back down. Yeah. It uh, wasn't Pontiac, talking about memories, wasn't Pontiac where you uh, delivered the swift football kick to Mike LaRocco's ribs? I'm really disappointed in you, Mathis. Why? I really am. Dude, we. <laughs> That came and went this year. That was at San Diego. Oh, I thought it was Pontiac. Okay, all right. Well, Sorry. Um, yeah, you, you, you corrected. You, let's, you, let's make that the last time you make that mistake. You wound <laughs> up you, you like you were kicking a sixty-yard field goal. You kicked Larocco, and he got up like nothing happened. Well, actually, it would have been about sixty-five because <laughs> I was so pissed I was going to go for the record. Right. right? <laughs> Um, yeah, and it got up like it was no big deal, and I thought to myself, oh, shit, I'm in trouble now. <laughs> he got up, <laughs> damn it. <laughs> um, 
Hey, I want to talk. Is, it, is that why you had me on was to talk about this? You got Michael Rocco on the other line. No, Hold but on. that would be awesome too. I should have brought him in. Okay, let's focus on 2014 a little bit. All right, a couple of riders that are really coming on lately, and I'll, and I'll eat, ask each of you about one of them. Will Hahn, Brock Tickle. Uh, Tickle just went consecutive races with his best finishes. Will Hahn uh, was terrific in Daytona, coming from way back, and all over Andrew Short for fifth at the end. I can't talk about Tickle with Emig because he's a Fox guy, and he'll talk about how good his gear looks. So, Weege, take Tickle. Uh, Barry... Wait, wait. We don't even have to talk about the gear. It speaks for itself. Dude. <laughs> okay, sorry. Thanks. Uh, of course. Uh, Weege, Brock Tickle's <laughs> certainly been uh, a real, real eye-opener the last few weeks. Yeah, his gear has looked spectacular. <laughs> Thanks. I think what really helped down the stretch, Daytona's a long race, and the comfort factor you know, of the gear. Probably big. <laughs> well, it's, uh, I mean, the fact that Tickle has had a couple good rides, it just, all of a sudden, some speed is there and some confidence. So, evidently, whatever they're doing with the team and his hard work and all that is starting to come together. Um, he, he, he definitely had been um, finishing below my expectations for him. Up until we hit the race at um, Atlanta, I think is where his qualifying was really good. Mm-hmm. And so it just takes the smallest little bike change or change in training or, you know, some sort of mindset change to make everything click and work. And, and good for Brock. He's, mm-hmm. he's definitely had some outstanding rides. And even last week at Daytona, I was like, whoa, okay, today's not his day. Yeah. And still looked really good. And consequently, you know, by the end of the main event, we were really impressed with a whole group of guys. Mm-hmm. You know, Nicole Short, um, Han, uh, Gerke getting inside the top ten. So the BTOSports.com KTM team, all of a sudden, you know, they had two riders inside the top ten at, at what is arguably the toughest race of the season. So last week there was a lot of, to me, a lot of winners. Like, mm-hmm. uh, like not, not like the norm, what, what we typically see. You know, it's like, okay, there were a lot of riders that really did something special. Consequently, there's that many riders that that had thumbs down, if you will, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or whatever you guys call it in the magazine there, Weege. What is it? The arrow up and the arrow down. Oh, that would be buzz. Buzz. What is it? Buzz. The, the buzz, buzz. All right. Um, see, I just look at the pictures. I'm a motocrosser. I can't, I can't read, so I just, I just see the arrows, and up is good, down is bad. Right, uh, right. Very good. Good one, Jeff. Uh, I mean, and, 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 you know, and Dungey in third, he made the podium, and I'm like, eh, I'm not really sure that's an arrow up. Right. Not necessarily an arrow down, but it certainly wasn't an arrow up when you look at the opportunity that he had to possibly win the race, and, mm-hmm. and he didn't. So, you know, I would say that 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 was below my expectations for him. Uh, Weege, I don't know if you can go back in the Racer X archives. We did a little video Supercross preview video series. Um, can you delete everything I said about Will Hahn? Can you just erase that? Because um, well, if you remember, you actually did an excellent job of giving com- two completely conflicting answers in the same sentence. Oh, right? did I? I don't remember. Yeah. But he said he'll be fine. He'll be great. He'll be maybe getting top ten or something like that. Okay. We're like, wait, what's your definition? <laughs> right, right. I, I, he's been he's been surprising. Uh, good job by him. Um, you know, we all talked about Tomac, and certainly that's another conversation. Eli's having a rough year, um, but Will Hahn is is doing well. Wygant. Yeah, and as I was talking about earlier, um, and Emig, I can I can mention this to you. I think we all like. We try to scout who will move up to a 450 and do well, and then we do the most rudimentary math ever and figure, like, well, if he's a bigger guy, he'll do good. And if he's a smaller guy, it'll be tough. Uh, ignoring the fact that, like, your current champion is one of the smallest guys in the 450 class. So same thing with Wilbur. It's like, oh, Tomac will be awesome because he's too big for a 250, but Wilbur is going to be tough. He's a little guy. Well, no problem. He's been definitely better than, uh, than I thought. I thought where he was at the beginning of the year was kind of where I thought he'd be. But that was actually just him kind of getting his feet wet. And now that he's figured it out, I mean, he could. I think he could get a podium before the year's out if, if all the cards fall into place. Yeah, yeah. You, you think so, Jeff? I I think that you really have to look at the qualifying speeds. Um, I I think that the fitness thing will only take you so far. I think that you really actually have to have the speed. That's why I was most impressed with Dean Wilson last week. 
uh, and what and what Dean had uh, you know had mm-hmm. to offer there, but you know Han is getting better, and that you know with each week he seems to be getting better, and that's a great sign, obviously, because he was he was struggling with his qualifying speed, and then you look at the ride from Daytona when when I started to notice during the broadcast that he was making some moves on our timing and scoring, we have uh, a column where it tells you their first lap position. So when they cross the finish line, the first lap where, where he was, I believe it was 17th or 16th, and you're going, whoa, wait a second. Mm-hmm. This guy's already climbed inside the top 10, and, you know, he kept moving. So uh, a podium, maybe. I think it's a bit of a stretch right now. Uh, I think that that's too big a jump for him, but um, – the effort last week was was pretty impressive. So we'll see if he can, you know, make me eat my words and and uh, you know actually finish on the podium. Seven zero two five eight six seven eight five seven. The Fly Racing Moto Sixty Show presented by NFAB. We still got to give away a Fly Racing uh, looking good kit with a T shirt, a belt, and a hat. Uh, Jeff Emig and Jason Wygant on the line. All right, let's talk about Wilson. You took my next talking point out of. Uh, Right off my paper, Emig. Uh, Wilson qualifies fastest, won the heat race, ran top three for a long, ran top two, second, second, then ran top three, then slowly worked to seventh. Um, overall, you, how impressed were you with his ride, or or does the fade back sort of temper any uh, massive enthusiasm you have for it? Like, where do you put that fade sort of into context? I would say that all day long was a great day. Yeah, he faded a bit in the end. Uh, he, you know, all day he had been experiencing such an emotional high, mm-hmm. and I think that he was he was mentally drained by that point, and that um, the fact that, that he ran where he did for so long, um, ran up front like that and really battled, I, I think that that, was, that that was a huge victory for him. Um, he's probably going to be a little disappointed with with that that sort of fade, but I think more than anything, I think it's pretty impressive. And and like I said, that he showed his potential there. Uh, now he needs to go show the similar speed on you know in a in your uh, conventional super supercross style track indoors. Um, that'd be a big uh, a big feather in his cap towards uh, getting the ride and everything for next year. Why again? Does the Wilson's Daytona ride uh, does it move him up into uh, a podium, a potential podium, a top five guy, or do you look at it like it was just Daytona? It's so weird that you know we talked a little bit on our Pot Racer X podcast. Ah, we JT has around a five to eight. I think you and I were like eight to ten guy or something. But does Daytona, what you saw, does it does it does it move him up in your eyes? First of all, you have to remember Cole Selig at a podium in Indy. So you just – crazy things happen, and, and guys put themselves – it's really hard to put numbers on things, you know. So if, if Selig gets a podium in Indy with the right circumstances, there's no reason that, that Wilson can do the same thing. I think it does boost – I do think that Daytona helped Wilson a lot. It was the right race at the right time. I think he – he's an outdoor guy. I think that that type of track works well for him. But now that he's done it, there's going to be such a massive boost of confidence, you cannot take away that race having happened. It's now done. He now will go to the race after, say, probably went to Indy being like, I don't know how this is going to go. I don't know how this is going to go. Right. Now he's going to come to Detroit saying, I cannot wait to race this weekend. I can seriously win this thing, or I can, I can get on the podium. I know I can do mm-hmm. this now. So, yeah, it's a huge boost. It was the right track at the right time. And it's kind of like Jeff said about Tickle. You just sometimes need one thing to happen. Uh, and I bet you that qualifying lap in the finals qualifier was all it was going to take now for him to be a lot better. Right. We had a question about uh, Trey Kennard coming back. Uh, looks like we, we think it's going to be Detroit um, from what everything I hear. Why can't you hear anything different? Detroit? Yeah. I mean, St. Louis, sorry. St. Louis? Yeah, and then I hear Houston at the very latest. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Um, hey, uh, Jeff. Much gnarlier arm break than the traditional arm break. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Hey, yeah. Jeff. Uh, um, I imagine I can think I know where you stand on this. Being uh, we just talked about a story about you kicking Larocco in the ribs, but what did you think of the Barsha Mookie incident and the fine to Mookie five thousand dollars probation? 
What's your take on both the incident and the, the resulting fine? Deserved, not deserved? Uh, thoughts on that? Well, first of all, I thought that the whole incident was was totally predictable between the two riders. Uh, even Malcolm Stewart, you know, pushing Barsha and that sort of thing, He's he has a tendency to do that, kind of has that bit of uh, retaliation. And I just think that it was a bit immature on, on uh, you know, on... Um, Malcolm's part, you know, the problem is, is that that wasn't the first time. Right. So consequently, they're going, okay, yeah, we need to, you know, enforce a penalty here. You know, um, I, I don't really see anything wrong with what Barsha did in that specific situation. Right, Obviously, right, right. he has he, <laughs> he has a tendency to go all bam, bam on you and do that. So I believe that he's getting a bad rap from most people that see that. Mm -hmm. They're just like with Malcolm. They're seeing, you know, um, previous, uh, you know, incidents where they've done the same thing. That, if you know, if you isolate just that, I think Barsha had the pass made. Malcolm just didn't check up enough. Mm -hmm. um, and he kind of came down on top of him. Malcolm looked like, to me, he didn't anticipate and Barsha probably didn't either stuff from the front wheel in that rut. Mm -hmm. But he just, when I, when I watched it over and over, I just don't think that Malcolm gave uh, uh, Justin enough room. Like, it just, because, and, the, and the, the mentality of it is you never want to give up that pass. So he's trying, okay, I'm going to cut back under him real quick. Because we saw that happen in that turn by a number of riders. Yep. But he didn't, he he. To me, he just didn't give Barsha enough room and say, okay, you know, he's already got the pass made, so I need to uh, surrender, if you will. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and it's a, a bit of a racing incident, but I would say that it was really fairly predictable from both guys. And, uh, and you're okay with the fine, being as Al Mookie did push Cooper Webb earlier? You're okay with that? Well, yeah. I mean, I it took me years to, to get it through my head that that, that type of – stuff is not is not right you know i mean what what's this idiot yesterday that's saying he he should be that he thinks there should be fighting allowed in the nba like in like in hockey really oh. no i did not yeah, no, like, no. you know it's kind of like that's that's not part of the sport and there's certain rules set out that unfortunately you have to abide by and when you don't and you get caught just yeah. Take it like a man. Pay your fine and move on. Yeah, I'm a you know? I'm a huge hockey fan, but I'm a huge hockey fan, but I don't like fighting in hockey. I know I really don't. I just if it's emotional and passionate in the moment, it's great. But a lot of times it's staged and it's it's dumb and it's it's ridiculous. So, um, wow. Okay. <laughs> uh, no, I, I I agree. You can't you can't do it. Uh, you can't lay your hands on other people. Uh, James, James, you want to talk about the Mookie Barsha thing? Yeah. Yeah, I just had a question. The AMA fine, was that because he pushed him or launched his bike at him? A uh, combination of both from what I Combination got. of both? Yeah, yeah, combination of both. I, I, don't know, I guess in my eyes, I still think the Alessi thing was worse. Oh, yeah. And, and I think that was way worse, so I was just kind of trying to figure out how they justify because, finding Mookie more. Because Mookie had done it before and been spoken to. Mike had never, oh, been, okay. spo Mike had never been spoken well, to about you know taking anybody out. So. Yep. Yeah, but let's also, um, it was uh, James, uh, you're on the line, James? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, in my eyes, Alessi's fine was not nearly enough. Exactly. So the, so the Stewart fine, yeah, that sounds like that it's about where it should be. I mean, I'm not a real good judge of that, hey, if they think that that's accurate. But I will say that in that with the uh, Michael Alessi Brock Tickle incident from – um, Atlanta, that 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 was not nearly stiff enough of a penalty. Um, James, you want to win a fly racing uh, hat, belt, and a t-shirt? Yeah, I'd love to. All right, stay on the line. Thanks for calling. All right, thank you. All right. Oh, I just hung up on James. Sorry, James. Call back. Oops. Call back. Why can't? Why can't? Can you imagine if they find you five grand for anything? For anything? Yeah, yeah. I, w I would. I would have to find a way to like uh, get a Groupon discount on my fine or something. <laughs> Uh, more talk about the Mookie Barsha move. Uh, Michael, what's going on? Hey, how's it going, guys? Good. I'm just happy Tits got my name right. You what? I'm happy Tits got my name right. It's a tough one. Well, it says Michael. 
I'm kidding. Oh. I'm sorry. The oh. car hasn't come through there. Oh, yeah, sorry. Actually, the, the, caller, the caller before me took a lot of the weight out of my ass. This, this is kind of the biggest fine ever, really, from the AMA, isn't it? Uh, Have you ever sold something more than five grand? Uh, actually, um, after the Lessy thing, I got a little inside info on uh, the history of those fines. Uh, I cannot believe we've forgotten this one. Jason Lawrence was fined $25,000, um, and they didn't really want to have to do it. When he, when he rolled the rental car at Freestone years ago, they fined, but they said you don't have to, you'll be on probation for a year, and if you're clean for a year, you don't have to pay it. And then two weeks later, he goes to Redbud, gets in a fight with a fan, and they're like, damn it, we're going to have to actually... They actually took it from him, yeah. They actually took it from him. So that's the all-time record, I guess. Um, this one, trying to think it might have been at 10000 at some point for something. Let me see if I can find that info somewhere. Yeah. Five uh, is right out there. Five. You know, when it comes to fines, there's and then there's everybody else. Fro, Fro, I had to put you on hold. I don't know what you're doing, but you're making a lot of noise. All right, thanks. Thanks, Michael. Yeah, have a good one. All right, thanks. You there, Fro? I'm here. I don't, I don't know what you were doing, but it was a lot of noise. Um, hey, uh... Mike, you want to talk about Austin Stroop? Yeah, I just uh, know you guys have all watched him right over the years, and I was always big on Austin Stroop. Uh, best case scenario, if he comes into outdoors and comes into Supercross next year healthy and <laughs> come uh, you know, on, strong. Come on, regimen. Mike. It's it's always potential. There's always the comeback stories, right? Well, of course, and it'd be great. But here, <laughs> you're saying if he shows up at outdoors this year. And if he does well and has a good offseason, I mean, seriously. It's a lot of ifs for Austin's troop. I it is. That. It's so many. Um, Where is it? I, I haven't even heard his name. I didn't even know that he was slated to ride outdoors. Well, we should get Chase Stallow on it, why get? <laughs> I actually talked I guess, to um, Osborne. I guess my question is, what's, yep. if, 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 I know those are a lot of ifs. If the stars align and if he comes in and if he can do it, Next year's Supercross, with the stacked field right now, what is he capable of as far as a best best finish the, of the year? Uh, you guys have all <laughs> seen him ride, so I, I always really liked him and thought he was a great rider. If uh, if you could keep it together, where, what is he capable of? Uh, I'm of the mind that once you take you, – you can only stretch that so far. You can take a year off and clear your head or have a year of huge injury or something like that. But when you get multiple years in, I mean, in, I mean, we saw several comebacks, and he was never the same dude. The magic was just gone. I don't think you can, you can't hand guys getting faster and better and stronger every day for three years, and then catch back up. So I refuse to answer unless he shows up at Glen Helen. Yeah, I don't. I talked to Osborne actually because he's been down, and he is riding. But um, yeah, he said the idea of him racing this year is in limbo. I think right now it's more of just let me just ride so I can kind of get my life on track. And as far as, yeah. you know, it's kind of using it as a get the kids off the streets kind of tool. It's kind of the, the vibe I'm getting. <laughs> well, who's going who's gonna to give him the opportunity to ride on good equipment and give him good support? Is there, yeah. I mean, to earn that stuff. And you earn that throughout your amateur racing career. And then when you piss it away and you don't, and you don't get those opportunities anymore, it's over. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I agree. I agree. Uh, yep. Jeff Emig, so thank you. have to earn it all again, you know? Thank you for coming on the show, Fro. Fly Racing Moto 60 show. ODI, is it ODIGrips.com? I think it is. ODIGrips.com is where you can find the MAG V2 lock on grip, correct? Fantastic. Everybody, go check it out. Um, this man, <laughs> he, he, knows how to, he knows how to tool make a grip because he uh, used grips and hung on and, and, and uh, you know, got the whole shot and won championships with grips. So well, I mean, it's, it's a natural fit. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, Thank yeah. you. No I, problem. I, I, Feel free to use that in the next ad, bro. That was excellent. <laughs> yeah. You're welcome, bro. You can have that for free. Wow. All right. Thank you. We'll just crash land the rest of this of this uh, interview here. Fox Sports All 1 right. announcer. Listen to everybody. All right. See yeah. ya. Ah, what? He used grips to win? I know grips. I won with grips on my bike. <laughs> right. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I, I went to school. I'm a marketing expert. Trust me. Uh... Cole Siebler, he's, he's used to getting used to things, Rob. You actually remember who that was? That wow. Was, it was Cole Siebler wow. at Hangtown. I was announcing. My only Idaho thing. Idaho, where they're used to getting used to things. Yep, they're used to getting used to things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, Jason Wygant, RacerX Online, uh, and maybe soon to be Speed Speed Week. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if you're trying to get on he with it. Um, we, I look forward to Detroit this weekend. 
and seeing how that turns out. And we thank you for uh, coming on the Fly Racing Moto 60 show presented by NFAB. Good times. All right. See everybody in Detroit. See All right. You. See you. Remember, everybody, Fly Racing designs its racewear to complement an rider's natural movements on the motorcycle. No unnecessary distractions. Straightforward, no-nonsense function, fit, and style. Fly Racing products are distributed exclusively in the United States by Western Power Sports. And thanks to... Who was it? Jake? Who won the clothing? Um, Jason? Jake? Jerry? I don't know. George? There's, there's a lot of people. Craig won the tickets and somebody yeah. else won something else. <laughs> thanks. James? James. James. I knew I had a J. James. James yes. won the clothing. Thanks to Fly for that. And uh, Craig won two tickets to Detroit, courtesy of NFAB, uh, for the finest truck accessories money can buy, n-fab.com. Proud sponsor of the JGR Yamaha team. Jeff Emig, Jason Wygant, thank you for listening. Uh, thank you for coming on. Thank you for listening. Thank you, Tits. And we will see you guys next Wednesday. You got it. Wednesday. Fly Racing Moto 60 Show, presented by NVAP.